This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. We're back. I haven't gone anywhere, but we're back. What's up? Feels like it's been a while. I didn't really get to recap with you guys because there's no UFC. There was a Bellator. There was a lot of MMA on this weekend. So you're probably wondering, you're like, Brian, why the fuck is this episode an hour or something long? I don't know how long it's going to be, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a recap over the weekend. I'm going to talk my shit. I'm going to get into all the all the good stuff, all the bullshit. And then I'm going to do the pick them, right? And I'm gonna, instead of putting it on two podcasts, it's going to be a one. So if you want to skip forward, you don't want to hear any of my bullshit, you don't want to talk about my new microphone or any of my little bullshit stories, go ahead and skip forward, full pick them. I got some winners. I'm recording this first, right, during the day. And then I still got a couple little odds and ends, little cross my T's, dot my I's for the pick them. And then that will be out. Uh, that will be out uh, in the same podcast, but I'm doing it later in the night is what I'm trying to tell you guys. It doesn't fucking matter. You're going to be listening to it anyway. It doesn't matter. Welcome to the MMA Takes podcast. New microphone alert. New microphone. If anyone watched, which no one did, Friday night I went, uh, yeah, I went live to watch Chris Curtis's fight while Bellator was on. I maybe had... Six viewers. So for those six of you, I thank you very much. Um, I know it's March. I know shit was going on. I'm just I'm just joking with you guys. I appreciate everyone that listens, even if it's one person. That's the honest truth. Anyway, um, I got a new microphone, right? So I'm a I'm a little um idiot. I'm a little boring bitch boy. That's like you know what? You know I I've went on these airways. I've said I've tried every microphone. I've tried them all. Right? Really not true. There's a there's a company out there called Samson. Why well, fuck? I meant not to say that name. Oh well, doesn't matter. I, they didn't give it to me for free or anything, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, that's what Tim and, and and Christian use. It's a little microphone that I recommend. So they made a new microphone, the Big Brother XLR and USB. Uh, looked pretty good. Got good recommendations. Fairly reasonable priced. Ordered that bitch on bitch, uh, and I tried to live stream with it on Friday. Wasn't wasn't quite my jam wasn't quite my jam so uh i didn't like it i did a bunch of tests after the stream as well could have been the stream's fault you know i got just such a unique sexy silky voice that it's hard no it's just it just one for me it just what every microphone's different so i returned it got a new one that's what i'm on now i just tweeted out about it this is like a industry industry how does he say that word standard it's one that I've kind of avoided. I thought it wasn't American made. I thought it, I, I like buying American made stuff. Sure. It's from Chicago. Um, you know, I like supporting American made companies, you know, shoot, shoot me. I'm a Patriot. What do you like? What do you like for me? Huh? Uh, most musical equipment, headphones, um, whatnot. They're usually made in, uh, like Germany. Germany's a big one. They got some fantastic stuff from Germany. The Rodecaster Pro is from Australia. So it's like, you know, I, I, I do branch out, but generally I do like buying American. Anyway, uh, you're, you guys are going to fucking pour tears. Anyway, this company that's industry standard, they are actually made in Minnesota, which does get more American than that in Minnesota. So uh, I gave them a shot. So tell me what you think. If you like it, if you hate it, it sounds good in my ears right now. I've done some tests. Before I got on with you, but yeah, we're going to recap Chris's fight, Bellator. We're going to go over some of the fight announcements. 
I got some stories to tell you guys since I've, I feel like I haven't really had a chance to kind of tell you stories, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, so let's get off the new mic. One preview, one FC is tonight with uh, Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez fighting. I will be staying up. I will attempt to stay up. I did lay down and nap with my beautiful four-month-old daughter today, um, and it didn't go well. I couldn't sleep, and she slept, but she talked. This tiny little fucking human hogs the bed, and she's got like nails, right? And just it was anyway. I just couldn't fucking sleep, so no nap for me. But it, you know, we'll, we'll try it out. I do want to see one FC. I don't think I've ever watched the one FC live because you know they're obviously you know I believe in the um, where where the Singapore, right? So uh, I, I'm excited to watch it live. It's on TNT tonight. Check it out. But um, I thought I talked to you guys about this a couple weeks ago. I went to went to an MMA gym, boys. I did. I went to, I went to an MMA gym. Um, so I've been looking to get back in shape. That's the only way I'm going to get back in shape. I don't lift weights. I don't like running. I, I want to work out and learn a skill. So MMA, boxing, all that stuff is really important. So I um, there's a couple gyms right around here. Well, there's one gym literally 10 minutes away from me that I've, for whatever reason, been avoiding going to just because I feel like it's kind of like a mom and pop, like, you know, little kid gym. Um, which is, I'll address that in a minute, but, uh, so this, uh, this other gym popped up, it's right by my work actually. And I was like, great. Right. And I, I messaged the guy on, on Instagram. He's like, yeah, you know, come on in, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. And he tell me it's like a hundred bucks a month, whatever, which is, is whatever. So I just, I literally just flat said like, listen, I got two kids. I need a gym where I can kind of come and go as I please. So if I'm paying a hundred dollars a month, is there a way I can get a key? Because you're right by my work. And I would love to work and then just pop in, hit the bag a few times. If there's bodies there, you know, get some rounds in, whatever, whatever needs to be done. But I, I can't really fit. I'm not paying $100 a month for like a super strict schedule when my schedule's in flux. My wife works different every, every day of the week. You know, I got kids, all that shit. Things pop up. So he goes, nah, like, listen, he's just been, no, he's like, no, uh, he's like, we're, we only offer classes every day a week, Monday through Friday, six to seven. That's literally the only time they're open at six and night to seven. And I'm like, how the fuck are they going to make money? If that's all they're, that's all they're given. Anyway, I went to a class. I went to one. It was a Monday night. I said, fuck it. I can, I can go. Uh, and it was cardio kickboxing, right? Which I don't like. Because that's not, eh, I just don't like, but I was like, I'm oh, fucking, I'm here, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly out of shape, right? So I'm, I'm fucking huffing and puffing. They're not teaching anything. They just literally want you to move the whole time. Um, but the owner, the guy who owns it, I guess he's the owner, like had, you know, he wasn't the teacher. There was a, there was a female instructor, but he was there. Uh, yeah, he's the owner. And he also has like a fighting background. I believe he's more of a jujitsu guy. Um, as opposed to stand up, but we talked and seems like a good guy. And then, and then him and I, uh, did a little timing stuff, nothing like crazy sparring or whatever like that. But uh, it felt good moving with them. Felt really good moving with somebody. Again, it was cool. I was sore shit the next day, but not not my scene, right? And here's my dilemma. I am 34 going on 35, fat, out of shape dad with two kids. I don't have time to really to do this stuff, right? Um, but that's the only way I know how to get in shape. That's what I want to do. It's a passion thing. It's it, it that that's you and I'm gonna do it, right? But my problem is like the gym up the street, 10 minutes away, 10 fucking minutes away. My buddy that I work with, kids go there. His wife works out there. 
and I'm avoiding it, right? It's the only one that makes sense. It's a gorgeous place. They just moved into a new building, super clean. A lot of, lot of people in the classes. Like, there's no reason for me not to go there. But it just doesn't seem like this hardcore fucking tough-nosed gym that's producing fighters. And I don't know why my head is wrapped around that considering I just said I'm a 34 going on 35 fat out of shape dad. I don't need to be in the room with killers. Oh, and did I did I mention I got a brain injury? I don't need to be in the room with killers. But I want to be. You know what I mean? It's one of those things in this gym that I tried out um seem like kind of maybe the owner who was a jujitsu guy i believe he's an mma fighter i don't really know i looked him up couldn't find much he did say he had a, a bunch of mma fights couldn't really find much about him anyway um uh i thought maybe there's gonna be a couple killers right so the class was all female except one other guy right very big guy like me bigger dude but just i mean you can tell this is probably the first or second time he's ever thrown a punch so it was not really, just not really my scene, right? So I think I, I've gotten that out of my head. I'm going to go to the one up the street. They are producing fighters. There are people from that gym that compete. I just, for whatever reason, have it in my head that I got to be in a room full of guys that are cutting weight, chomping at the bit to go fucking the UFC or whatever. And it's like, whoa, 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 dude, you're doing this. You're going to be doing this two, three times a week, max. You don't need to be in the room with killers. You're going to get another fucking brain injury, right? But there's just something in there that's just like, I want it. I want that fucking room. But uh, no. So that was my gym experience. So I did win. I was sore as fuck the next day. Um, eye-opening experience for how out of shape I am. But another eye-opening thing is, is that when I was moving with someone that is he's smaller than me and, and his stand-up was okay, but like I, I felt good. Like I felt good. I saw things coming. My timing, my, my quick twitch was there. Um, everything that I had before was obviously still there, just not to the level that it used to be, which is good, which is good that I can I can get that back, which is what I was very, very happy about. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was something going in there. It was fun. But yeah, like I said, I'm going to probably, not probably, what are you talking about, Brian? You're definitely going up the street, right? You're definitely going up the street. It's 10 minutes away and there's a million people. Well, uh, I don't know why I, I got to convince myself. Anyway, last personal thing. Wasn't going to bring this up, but you know me. I got to talk about what's on my mind. So your boys worked at his job for 14 years. Um, eight of those were going 14 going on 15. Eight of those were done. I used to unload trucks. I think most of you people know where I work now. I'm not going to say names or anything, but you guys know where I work, right? Um, 14 years are going on 15. Um, Eight, seven and a half, eight years was unloading trucks. Never wanted to work there for my entire life. Was going through college, was finishing college. And was like, I'm, every Christmas when it gets busy, I'm like, this is my last one. This is my last one. After that year mark, my, my grandfather, who was paying for my college, goes, why don't you I mean, you've been there. It's a pretty fucking good company guy. Your benefits are pretty fucking good. Why don't you just maybe do that? And I was like, whoa, that was, that was a relevant, anyway, never, never gotten so much trouble. Um, good worker, all this stuff. And, uh, got a little bit of heat last week, boys and girls got a little bit of heat. Very, very shocking and surprising false accusations, which is even a harder pill to swallow. So to set the scene, you know, I'm a driver. So we work in a building where 
they hire or they don't hire. They have people that work, you know, that go around buildings and, and, and they're in charge of safety. They're, they're the, they're the, you know, they, they basically come in and tell you what everything's wrong with it. Well, on a Monday, I was driving down our hill. We have a little hill to get in and out of the, you know, the complex, the building. And I was coming down the hill and I'm in a little van. I, I drive a little sprinter van. And uh, this this female uh, safety, whatchamacallit, snapped a picture of me. And she called, not my boss, the guy above her who barely knows me and says, this driver was doing this. And that, of course, that boss goes, oh, fire. He's fired, right? So I come in the next day. I get a text message. Hey, come to his office. Go in the office. I see my union rep there. And then I see a bunch of people in there. He kicks everyone out and sits me down. He goes, hey. Um, so basically, long story short, I was accused of driving a van, leaning over, all the way over, scanning a package, and then sheeting it, which means saying they're not delivered all on company property. So obviously, if I scan a package and say non-delivery, they're not in on company property, that alone is a fireball offense. Let alone this woman told told the big boss that I was doing that while driving with no proof. And I was shook a little bit, boys. I don't get flabbergasted much. I'm a fucking, I got the gift of gab. I'm I'm constantly talking. I'm 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 not one to back down. I'm I, I can talk. Your boy can talk. And I was shook. And then this thing happens when I get accused of something, I immediately start like thinking I'm guilty. Like, you know what I mean? Like I immediately go, holy shit, really? What? I was like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't sheet anything on. I delivered all my shit on Monday. What? Do you, that's not true. And they're like, oh, okay. And then my union guy who's supposed to be on my side initially was like, yeah, dude, they caught you. They got you doing it. And I'm like, what the, well, hang on. Well, wait, let me, let me get my bearings here. Cause now I'm, I'm getting my job threatened. Right. I got fucking kids. I've been here 14 years. Like, you know, let me, let me fucking settle in for a second. So then I go, so I started thinking about it. And, the, and my, my boss was actually handling it really well. I've, I've worked with him for a while. He's like, well, you know, this is what she said. You know, she got a picture of you doing it and everything like that. And he's like, and the big boss wants, wants me to take you off road, wants me to fire you. I'm not going to do that, but I got to give you a warning letter. And I was like, okay. And I'm just, I was like, wait a second. That, 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 that couldn't be true. There's no way I did that. And when you use the board, at work, anytime you look at the screen, they can tell you where you look at your screen. We're, we're being tracked all the time. So I said, pull that up. Pull up if I was using my board at that time. They pulled up. I was not. The board was holstered. The, the screen was off. I said, okay, well, then there you go. I didn't do it. And they're like, yeah, well, she saw you do something. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't matter. She accused me of the worst possible thing she can accuse me of. Instead of calling the big boss and going, hey, this driver, she didn't know me. She had to look at my truck number. This driver was bent over, blah, blah, blah. What should I do? She immediately accused me of the worst thing you could accuse somebody of while driving, at least in my line of work. And I go, and then my, my union rep goes, well, maybe you were like taking a drink or something. I go, what? taking a drink is in a fireball fence. Show me in the fucking we're, we're taking a drink. You can, I can get fired. Like what is happening right now? So then I start going off. So then the fucking Denzel, you know, the Denzel from Philadelphia, the Denzel from the great debaters start coming out and I go, well, let me, let me see the picture she got of me. Right. 
Boss is looking through his stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Finally finds a picture. No picture of me, just a picture of what I was driving. It was my van, right? And I said, there's no picture of me doing it. My board was holstered. There's nothing with scanning. What am I getting this warning letter for? What am I getting accused of now? She goes, well, you know, the safety lady said she saw it. So it's it, it's a he said, she said situation that I'm essentially going to get raked over the coals for. This woman, who I'm sure is good at her job, even though her fucking job is essentially to get people like me fired, I'm sure she's good at her job. But I've been with this company for 14 years, going on 15. I've never once filed a grievance. Uh, well, maybe I filed one when they didn't pay me, but I'm not a fucking problem in there. I'm not constantly jumping down management's ass. I'm not getting fired over stupid things. The only thing they can nab me on over the past year or so, my attendance hasn't been like super clean because dealing with the baby and we got a lot going on at home and stuff like that. No excuses. Like that's initially when I got called in the office, that's what I was going to be. I thought it was going to be my attendance. I was like, okay, you know, here we go. Because that makes sense to me. I would have owned up to it. Like, yeah, sorry. Got a difficult baby at home. Got two kids and wife was dealing with some stuff. You know, I get headache. Oh, you know, I would have been completely fine with that accusation. I would have signed that fucking letter and be like, yep, I need to clean my shit up a hundred percent. But this accusation is just wild. And I'm just, I was so fucking floored by it. It shook me and I was speechless for a minute. And then finally, once I start asking like the, the right questions and really kind of pressuring my union guy, who's a great guy, but my union guy started finally coming on my side a little bit like, yeah, wait a second. Yeah. Like, it's like, I know this woman thought she saw something, but I did never once leaned over completely took my eyes off the road and wrote and done anything like that. The only thing I think she could have saw was I got a phone call from another driver. I was meeting her to give her packages, right? I have AirPods in. So those are perfectly fine. They're not illegal. I had AirPods in, answer the phone call via AirPods. Driving down, she's like, hey, do you have this address? I look over on the floor because I'm in a Sprinter van. There's an area on the floor where you can keep packages. It was an envelope. I look over. I go, yeah, I have that address. So it possibly could have been she saw me looking over. I don't know where she leapt to what she claimed I did, but the accusation really pisses me off. The breaking the chain of command really pisses me off. So unfortunately the big boss who I don't have a personal relationship with told my boss that a warning letter has to be given out. Right. So they're going to mail it to me and then we're going to protest and fight. And I'm hoping, you know, I get to get in a room with this, with everyone and, and just straight lawyer the shit out of it and ask all the right questions. Cause that was, that was pretty fucking scary. I was a little, little shook by that. I went to, and then my, I had to go do my route and then I'm just paranoid all day. Like there was some little fucking teenage kid, like walking down the sidewalk on his phone and he was kind of holding it in front of him. I'm like, is this fucking guy taking a picture of me? Is this guy fucking work for her? Huh? Does this fucking son of a bitch work for her? Like I am full blown paranoid at this point. Okay. Sorry. I was looking at my thing. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was. That was fucked up. That was crazy. I've never been in a situation like that in the 14 years I've been there. Um, again, I've, 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 I've really never gotten in any kind of trouble since I've been there. And um, yeah, that shook your boy a little bit for sure. All right, let's, uh, let's recap some of the fights, huh? That's why we're here. We're here for the fights. Chris Curtis, King of Combat is his new nickname. Used to be non well, no, used to be the action man. Now it's King of Combat, Chris Curtis. 
My guy, you've heard me talk about him on the airwaves multiple times. He saved my life. So you're going to continue to hear me talk about him. Great guy. Um, He needs to be in the UFC, right? He fought a guy who was on Tapology, which I believe is seven and five. They listed him at 22 and six, this Mexican promotion. I believe he was seven and five because of the way he fought Chris, right? Wasn't the most elite guy out there. Seemed tough. Seemed pretty, you know, had some good wins, like some ugly, gritty wins, right? Seemed pretty, but Chris just walked through him, right? First two minutes, Chris was gained, you know, uh, this guy was throwing just big left hand, Southpaw and Southpaw. Chris was, you know, kind of gauging him, see what he was going to do, and then just took over. The guy went for a couple takedowns. Chris stuffed him, which I like to see. This guy obviously didn't seem like a high, high level wrestler, but seeing Chris stuff takedowns makes me very happy. That's been uh, his Achilles heel his whole career. Looks like he's really dedicated some time to wrestling. Destroyed this guy. They should have stopped the fight. It was in a ring. He like got tossed out of the ring at one point. Um, it was it was definitely a mismatch, mismatch. Um, but I'm glad Chris performed. I'm glad he dominated. You got to get this guy in the OC. I mean, listen, he lives in Vegas now. Short call up, 85 or 70, right? He, he has two different weight classes he can fight in. Um, he, he won on the contender series. I, I just don't understand why the calls aren't coming. I really, truly don't. I know he's a little bit older, I guess, to make his UFC debut. I guess you can say that. He's, he's seasoned. He's a vet. He's 33. He's got titles everywhere. And... Um, and, uh, you know, his record isn't like 22-0 and 0 or something like that. He's got, you know, a lot of fights in there. But, I mean, I know I'm super biased, but it's absolutely crazy that he hasn't got a short call-up fight yet. And and some of these guys have. I know it's all about the weight class. You can talk about these heavyweights that get a call-up. There's a heavyweight on the card coming this uh, during the breakdown that I had no idea how he was in the UFC. But Chris is in the competitive weight class, 7185. You know, they're just not signing a lot of those guys. Or if they are, just keep overlooking Chris. And I just don't understand why. Can't figure it out. But the fight was awesome. Chris dominated. Uh looked to me in good shape. I don't love him at 85, or I haven't loved him at 85. Because he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's thick, but he's not, he's not very tall. But it's working for him, right? The the, the no weight cutting and, and taking these fights at 85 has really paid off for him. His cardio's great and 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 he dropped. This dude, I don't even know the dude, remember the dude's name, dropped him with a huge left hand. That should have been the end of the fight. Jumped on top of him, finished him in between the ropes. It was a brutal, brutal and beautiful finish. Couldn't be happier for Chris. He's a good guy. He deserves the shine. Um, quick little story. I'm full of fucking stories today, man. I'm full of them. Quick story. I went to the gym, but you know, again, back to the gym story. And there's some dogs in there, right? There were some dogs. We had guys like Roger Bowling, who was basically the king of local MMA in Cincinnati at one point. Good-looking kid, aggressive, strong. He fought in the UFC. This time he was fighting at Strike Force. He's doing pretty well in Strike Force. And then we had Victor O'Donnell, who just tried out for the Ultimate Fighter, lost to Chris Camozzi by by like it was when they went two rounds and they made him go to a third, lost a crazy close decision. Um, fought in Bellator, right? We had Dom Steele who, who went on the fight in the UFC, Bellator, etc. Like we had some Daniel Strauss in the gym at that point when we Bellator former champion. We had some studs, right? And I remember going and, and being in there for like a week or two and I hadn't met Chris yet, right? Um, and then Chris showed up because he had just fought. I think he was 3-0 and or 4-0 and as a pro. And I remember being in the gym, right? And I kind of worked with, with Victor a little bit. I kind of worked with Roger and they were obviously amazing. They were way better than I was, but... Like, I wasn't, like, super blown away, right? Like, they just, I mean, and 
And I saw them work hard. I saw them really train, like not just with me, but with other people too. And yeah, they were good and they were talented, but like they did just, and I'm not just saying this in hindsight. I've said this before numerous times. They just, they just didn't really like stand out to me at that time. Um, you know, Roger was very powerful, but his technique wasn't that great. Victor was very technical. He wasn't very powerful. Then Chris comes in, right? He had dot, he had the fucking Kevin Randleman look, the blonde hair, shade blonde hair, just came from a fight. I think he was he was three or four fights into his pro career. He already had like 20 amateur fights. And then we started training together and and he he he, he was the guy. I'm like, this guy's really good. His timing was good. His, his, everything was just really good about him. Um, and I just thought, like, this this is the guy that's really gonna make a run. Him and I were the same age. I was, I think I think I was a little older than him. This is the guy that's gonna that's gonna get there. I, and that's, and that, truly, that's what I thought. And this is before him and I even became like really good friends. And then, obviously, he saved my life. So then that that, that there seals that. But um, that yeah, that's um, that is a little quick story about Chris. I thought he was he was always gonna go places. I thought he really stood out in the gym. And let's just say I was right. What do you think? All right, Bellator is this weekend. A lot of MMA coming at us. This, you know, Bellator's back. PFL's back. You got the UFC. We're going to go over some of these fight announcements that they've been doing. Um, yeah, Bellator. Listen, the one thing I don't like about Bellator is the fucking favorites always win. No underdog ever wins. None of them ever win. It's so annoying. But they had a full card. Jordan Newman's a guy I've heard about. He was a, he's this big wrestling standout. Dominated dominated uh what was his name branco brando Busick just dominated this dude and then uh who else who else stood out to me i watched the whole card chris gonzalez looked really good against roger Huerta, another stud wrestler from chicago roger Huerta is fucking he's trying to get his whole torso blacked out you know it's like that new tattoo phase the whole blackout thing he had really bad tribal then he tried to cover up the tribal with like other tribal or maybe like a japanese type deal and then now he's just trying to block it out right his he looked way different like this was the handsome pretty boy in the ufc on the cover of sports illustrated and then he was like this biker looking dude with some his tour his chest up arms covered with black tattoos and then <clears throat> shaved skinhead with a beard like you know Huerta. He used to have it. He quit in that fight. Gonzalez just was too much for him in the wrestling, and and he, and he cracked. Uh, he cracked. Uh, he just he didn't crack Roger like that, but he 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 cracked him in the fact that Herrera tapped the strikes. Herrera was out of there mentally. He checked out, and uh, it's a shame to see one of those guys you know go down that road. This was a really exciting fighter. They just could never really get his footing. Um, but yeah, I mean. Is what it is. Father time gets us all, baby. They get us all. Uh, who is Mandanella, who I mentioned on the podcast. This guy's got some really unique striking there at a Faraz's camp. Um, a legit dude. He's just awkward. He's tall. He's long. He lost his last fight. Rebounded well. Beautiful knockout in the first round. He fought a guy who probably shouldn't have been in there with him, and it was kind of a last-second replacement thing, but Mandanella went out there and did what he was supposed to do. It was, it was a beautiful knockout. And this kid, special striker, only issue with him is he needs to fight more. Needs to fight more. Needs to see more of his game. We haven't really seen him against a wrestler yet. Um, the Bellator's been giving him really good matchmaking. And um, I want to see him advance his game a little bit. Magomed Magomed Megadoff. Magomed Magomedov. This fucking name gets me every time. The Pe- Peter Yan guy. The Petra Yan guy, right? He beat Petra. Petra beat him. It's They're both their only losses. Technically, Yan does have a loss to Aljamain Sterling. 
He fought CJ Hamilton, who I did not know. Apparently, he fought in the UFC. Is that what they said on the broadcast? Either way, Magomed Med destroyed him. Wrestling looked on point. Stand-up looked on point. He's a fucking stud. I don't know why the UFC didn't sign him. Someone brought up a good point. They just don't want their whole fucking roster smothered with these Russian dudes. Like, it's just going to be the fucking Russian fighting championship at this point, the way Russia's taking over. So, they, I guess they're picking their spots on who they sign and not. This is a guy I think they messed up on because this is a guy that I think is exciting and they could really bring, he can bring like an attitude to that division and have a rival with Petrion. I think that could sell. I know the UFC might not think it's sell. Russian versus Russian, it's, you know, maybe not could sell, but Russia is a big market for them. So I, I, you know, I don't know, but they do have some history. Hopefully, Magomed destroys through Bellator, contracts up, goes to UFC. It's going to be one of those super fight situations, but he looked fucking good. Kind of wannabe versus uh, uh, Alejandro Lara. A lot of ass in this fight, boys. Lara's ass cheeks were hanging out pretty much the entire time. Uh, good fight, though. Really entertaining fight. Kind of wannabe was getting pieced up in that first round. Battle back. She's a strong girl, good grappler. Very close fight, but uh, very entertaining. Usman Nurmagomedov. This is, I want. it's got to be his cousin, right? This is Khabib Hab Brothers. You know, every, everyone's my brother, my brother, but I don't know if it, that was a really back of beep, sorry, but I don't know if this is his cousin or probably his cousin, right? Uh, striker though, this, this kid is uh, more of a striker than a grappler. He fought Mike Hamill, Hamlet, Hamill. A lot of people are steaming Hamill. He's a huge, huge underdog. I understand why you got to take a poke sometimes. Usman just just outclassed him on the feet. Hamill seems really tough. His whole nose was fucked up. But uh, Landis some takedowns on Nurmagomedov, which is you don't see that often. But again, Usman's more of a striker, a little bit wild, needs to clean some things up. Obviously, he's twelve and nose on the feet. He's very young in his career. Um, I like this kid at fifty five though. I think he he could be really good. Uh, I think he will be really good, and he is in that sharp fucking tank division. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see uh, see that fight go. Tyron uh, Tyron Fortune versus Jack May. This fight stunk. Tyron Fortune just destroyed Jack May. Not sure where they booked it. Jackson uh, Jason Jackson versus Neiman Gracie. Interesting fight here. I thought Jason Jackson won this fight. A lot of people thought Gracie won. Um, first round, Jackson got like his eye raked by the cage. It was a weird situation. Um, but he battled back tough. And Neiman Gracie, like I, I tweeted out, and I I so desperately want to see this. Is there ever going to be a Gracie? The Gracie is is such associated with MMA. Is there ever going to be a Gracie that can strike? I mean, if you start throwing out these names that can strike, I'm going to laugh you off the fucking face. You know, Hicks. Uh, you know, these Hickson cannot cannot strike. Uh, fucking High and Gracie cannot strike. Uh, Henzo Gracie cannot strike. I mean, he got knocked out by Matt Hughes. What are we talking about? Um, Chrome Gracie cannot strike. Like. Quit bringing these names up as, as, as they're involved more than their 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 uncles and grandfather, whoever the fuck. But I want a Gracie to be just a fucking savage, right? I want him to be on the feet, just lights out. I think it must be a crime in the Gracie family that if you want to be a martial artist, like you don't train jujitsu. Like if you be like, Dad, I want to be an MMA fighter. Oh, great, we'll get you a gi, we'll get you get you going. No, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna go move to Thailand for a little bit and. and, and some Thai boxing you might get kicked out of the fucking family I just don't think that happens because there's never been a Gracie ever that has good stand-up and Neiman Gracie is a very talented Gracie trash stand-up I just I, I just I want to see one one day and then Patricio Pitbull my moral enemy I just don't like the guy he's very very good though he fought Emmanuel Sanchez Emmanuel Sanchez just lost before he even stepped in the cage there um 
yeah, he just he just seemed off. He just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. The first fight was very close. It almost seemed like he didn't want to go through the first fight again. He got fucked up a little bit in that first fight. It was a war. It was um, back and forth a little bit. And you know, as I got busted, he got rocked. You know, it was, it was a great fight. I feel like he just didn't want to do that. Got hurt by Pitbull, and then Pitbull took his neck and, and guillotine. And Pitbull's got a great guillotine. Uh, he's a great fighter. I just don't like the. Hmm. He, well, he's hanging on to the Michael Chandler win like it's like it's the best thing he's ever done in his career. And he's a very talented fighter. And he very well maybe could come over to the UFC and uh and do some damage. But I don't know. I I I I just don't see it. But who knows? All right, one FC tonight. Uh there you go. So we got a a weird card. So it starts at 10. The prelims start at 8.30 on Bleacher Report, I think, is what I saw. Umor Khan, Kane, uh, Rugrug, that big son of a, that that giant fucking dude. Where is he from? Senegal? You've seen videos of this guy. The guy's thick. He's massive. He's 6'4", but his height's not what impressive. It's how thick this dude is. He's 2-0 in MMA. He's fighting some guys 0-0. Then you got Chigas. I don't know. I'm not even pronounce that. Yeah, kickboxing with uh, Muay Thai with MMA. You got Tyler McGuire versus a Russian who I don't even know if I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Ramamadam Magomedov. leadoff. <sighs> Did I just fucking crush that? Did I just crush that? Uh, Tyler McGuire is a guy I've heard about a little bit. Um, hasn't really fought anybody, but I have heard the name a few times. So I believe he's a wrestler. Uh, so that should be interesting against a against a Russian. Eddie Alvarez, obviously co-main event. He's fighting uh Larry La let me see, Larry Lapicius. Sure. Moldova trains out of Italy, though. Moldova born. This guy is a pure grappler. I had to look him up. Um, loves a rear naked choke, loves getting the fight to the ground. Very submission heavy, very grappler based. Kind of interesting that they they match him up with Eddie. Eddie is, I mean, he's 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 a talented guy, good on the ground himself. But I don't know if I've ever really seen him going against a guy that's really going to hunt for like you know he never fought Khabib, never fought you know any really Russian style guy. So I'm kind of interested to see what he's going to do with this guy. The, the Leary guy seems pretty big. This is at 170. Eddie Alvarez is usually 155er. Going to be interesting to see how Eddie handles this. This is a different. You know, usually he's in the wars. He wants to stand up. He wants to bang it out. Uh, this could be a different kind of fight. And the main event is Demetrius Johnson at 135 versus Adrian Moraz. Moraz, um, a guy, again, who I, I knew a little bit about, but I don't think I gave him proper credit. Again, I don't follow 1FC as much as I should. I think they're a premier organization. They got a lot of viewers because they're in that part of the world. They got tremendous fighters. Um, and I went back and I, and I looked up some stuff on this kid, and he's he's a legit, legit dude on the ground. Super sneaky on the ground, got a million different chokes. He's durable. He's big. Uh, Mighty Mouse is coming up to 135, which we've seen him at 135 before. Um, he's looked great everywhere, but I don't think he's looked as dominant at um, <clears throat> at 135 as he has at 125. I think there's not much of an argument to be made there. That's a fact. But that's a great main event. Hopefully this card kind of goes by quick because... You know, I need to, I need to get some sleep, boys. It starts at ten. 
Tiet Knight. And then you got a uh this uh Roten guy, this Muay Thai, the Iron Man. This dude, you've probably seen highlights of this fucking guy. He's got a chin from hell. He's an absolute freak with his with with his Muay Thai. He can take a shot. He's fighting uh Danal Williams, uh I believe from is, it, is that Aussie? Is he an Aussie? Australia. Yeah, uh Daniel. I guess it's Danal. Danielle, he's three one pro MMA record, but this is a Muay Thai fight. Um, yeah, this, this looks like a big setup for Rotang here. He looks like he's going to walk through this guy, but that's one FC, baby. That's one FC. That's tonight at 10 o'clock. They're, they're, they're premiering on TNT. Um, yeah, I'm going to excited for it. I'm going to stay up for it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to stay up as much as I can. Okay, guys, I got a 5 a.m. Wake up call. What are you doing to me? All right. Two last things before we get to the pickums, the venom deal, which for whatever reason, I've been very highly invested in, right? I didn't know what to expect. They launched it on Tuesday. Um, it looks a lot like Reebok. So it's it's the initial Reebok release was obviously worse, and it trans it involved with more colors and more options stuff. Um, this starts with more options, like right. So like there's green, there's yellow, there's red, there's blue, there's black, there's white. Um, the shorts look look okay. Obviously, I don't, I don't have a pair with me. I don't know what the materials like, but. Look right. The girls, I believe, have a little more options now with the, with the skorts, which I love a good skort on a girl. Um, but uh, yeah, they look they look okay. They don't look great. I mean, they're expensive. I don't love them because my one complaint was I hope they had some like more originality for fighters. They some people have shown that Venom when Venom when fighters could get sponsored by whoever they wanted, Venom sponsored several fighters and they made them custom pair of shorts. I like that. Um, obviously like really big stars should get the option to, uh, have a custom trunk. You know, that should be like an incentive. Like, Oh, if you want to, if you want a custom set of whatever, let's start winning some fights. You got to be a certain, you know, whatever. I don't know. Just add an incentive. Like every fight, like Bryce Mitchell's like undefeated in the UFC right now. He called for camo shorts. He got camo shorts, something like that. Like a guy who is, is trending upward. You know, it's like if you're Oh, and three and you, and you finally win your first fight and you call for like fucking, you know, shorts and you got your whole, you, you, during your speech, you take out your piece of paper and show your design mock-outs, you're probably not going to get them. But if you're a popular fighter that could probably move some merch and sell some merch, yeah, that that's what I thought Reebok dropped the ball on is, is people want to buy shit from their favorite fighter. Like Sean O'Malley, again, this is just my example, right? He's going to come some multicolored Takashi 6'9 type shit, right? People that are training are going to want to eat those up. Now, I probably wouldn't buy them, but I'll tell you right now that I bought some BJ Penn shorts when I was training. I bought the white Ruka with the black belt. I wasn't a black belt, but they're a BJ Penn. If you have and you add some creativity and, and very like this, like these are not like, because if I buy a pair of white shorts because Izzy warm one time in the cage, there aren't, those aren't Izzy shorts. Those are just the white Venom shorts. Let these guys get creative um, and come up with their own ideas and individuality. And, and, and that's what I like. That's what I want to see. All right. Last thing before we go, I just, listen, usually I don't do this, but there's been so many fight announcements that I got to go to the fight announcements. I got to go. I got to run through some of them. Marcel. Let me get this guy. Everyone knows him. Big Marcel. This dude. I don't. He's from, I want to say the Netherlands or something. This dude has the ends on I mean, he, he breaks fights announcements a lot of times before Okamoto. Maybe I'm making that up. But this guy's great at really knowing who's in his eyes. He's a great follow on Twitter. 
Great follow on Instagram. So I'm going to go through some of the fights I got announced. Right before we got on, Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal uh, got announced. The Battle of the Neals. I love that fight. That's going to prove a lot uh, for Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal is going to have to prove that he could withstand that pace and withstand a guy who's going to take him down. I want to see that. That's a that's a good test. Macy Barr versus Marina Mravic. I love that fight. I just don't know if I love it right now. Both girls are, are on the up, right? Uh, I know Macy's coming off a loss, but... Both girls are on their way up, and I just I feel like you're taking a star out, whoever loses, right? But it's a fucking banger of a fight. I love that fight. Then you got Amir uh, Amir Albazi versus Odie Osborne. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm just going through his Instagram right now. I I I, I don't know how many I'm going to do, but okay. Aspen Lavers, Macy Chazan, love that fight. Aspen Lavers a stud coming off some knee injuries. Macy Chazan looked fantastic the last time out. Great fight right there. Uh, Amanda Heboth versus Angela Hill. Love that fight. Battle of the striker. Heboth's got a lot to prove. Got knocked out her last time out. Angela Hill is on a roll lately. Um, good striker. That's a good fight. We got Tristan Conley versus Pat Sabatini. Okay, sure. Tristan Conley, probably the dorkiest guy in the UFC, I would say. At least he looks like the dorkiest guy. I don't want to say that because I don't know him personally, but looks pretty dorky. But uh, okay, sure. Uh, we got Honey Barcelos versus Timur Valley. Awesome fight. Honey Barcelos needs a big fight. This is a guy, great record, great style. Needs to get a big fight. Timur Valley, not a big fight. Not the big name he wanted. This is probably, if I was Honey Barcelos, I'd be a little upset, but this is going to be a banger fight because Barcelos can wrestle. He can strike. Timur Valley has proven to be a little chinny, right? He's been knocked out in the UFC before, um, and he's been hit before, but I love that fight a, a lot. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Damian Maya. That could announce that was a big one. Law obviously didn't get the Leon Edwards fight, but he did get the Damian Maya fight, which is sure. Um, hopefully, this is Damian Maya's last fight. It'd be interesting. This is kind of like Damian Maya is almost like the guy that they, they give to the guys they believe in. Like, hey, Bilal, you go be Damian. We're in business here. You know what I mean? It's like one of those, like, wink, wink, go be Damian, and, and we got something here. Um, you got Hakeem Silver's Rick Glenn. I love me, Rick Glenn. I think he used to be very talented. That's a scary fight. Hakeem Silver, the picture I'm looking at, this guy's got like a fucking 12 pack. What the fuck? What are you eating? Go versus Stephen Thompson got announced. Awesome fight. Love that fight. Um, Eileen Wonderboy, honestly. I just, I don't know. I, you know, Gilbert's incredibly aggressive and, and he likes to come out and he likes to throw and he obviously hits hard. And Wonderboy, is hittable and can get put away. But I just think if he just maintains his distance and, and he fights his fight, I think Gilbert, you know, might be in a bad night there. That's a really, really interesting fight. Obviously the Connor Dustin rematch got booked for July 10th, I believe international fight week. Um, they're already chirping a little bit. Um, Connor's making some promises, which I like. I'll say that much. I like, but obviously promises could be, can be broken there. Uh, I don't care about that fight. Volkov versus Sierra Gone, awesome fight. Uh, Zombie versus Dan Ige, awesome fight. Uh, the heavyweights, Juan Espino versus Alexander Romanov, awesome fight. Um, who we got here? Alex Kamara gives a shit. Michael Pizarus, who gives a shit. Holland, obviously, stepping in for Vittori. Um, the big one, though, the big one that we haven't addressed yet is, is, is Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. That's coming up in May. Um, I love it. I love that they gave that. I love that Nate stepped up and wanted this fight, wanted to fight Leon Edwards. He, he didn't really have to. Leon's not the biggest name in the world. This is a really smart move from Leon because this is a winnable fight for him. He's a huge favorite right now, which I don't know if I like that. You know, Nate Diaz is, is a guy who 
you fucking sleep on him. He's going to win. You know what I mean? This is a guy who's, who's tough as shit, good on the ground. His boxing's good. Uh, and, and I just don't think Leon has the biggest, bigger, uh, the biggest power in the world. I think Leon's very confident that he could fuck Nate up, which he very might well could. But, you know, this fight goes to the ground and Leon gets a little comfortable. He's going to get, you know, something taken with him. But uh, that's a very interesting fight. I like that fight a lot. All right. So this is the first half, 43 minutes. I'm going to do the pick them. You're going to hear a little commercial type deal. Stay for the pick them. I got winners. All right. See you at the pick ems. You have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Hey, bubba boys, listen to a little break before the pick them. Uh, I need you guys to do me a favor. Okay, I got 25 rate and reviews on iTunes. 25 or five away from 30. That's a small little goal. I know there's five of you listening that has not rate and reviewed. So go to iTunes, subscribe, rate and review. If or when, I should say, because I'm feeling confident, when we get to 30, uh, you got to comment. You got to rate and you got to actually write a comment. And those five people from now, from 25 to 30, I will select one winner and you'll get a t-shirt or you'll get some podcasting equipment. If you're in a podcast, I can send you a microphone. I can send you something, right? I'm begging you. Now I'm bribing you. Um, I need those to get to 30. It helps out a lot. Ask me why. I don't know why. But if you could please do that, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now, here are the pickups. Oh, by the way, subscribe. To the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, MMTX Podcast on YouTube, iTunes, um, Twitter, MMTX Podcast everywhere. Just fucking everywhere. All right, here comes some motherfucking win. Hey, 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 oh, pick them time. Kind of weird starting this uh, with no intro music. I've never just <clears throat> fired on before, but you obviously heard the first half of the, uh, of the podcast, me rambling on about new microphones. God knows what. Um, I recorded that a few hours ago. If you hear some barking in the background, I apologize since my dog, my wife, and two beautiful children are taking a walk right now while Dada does a little podcast to record fights. Now we had, excuse me, we had 15 fights. We now have 14. Kyle Dawkins versus, uh, God, I'm actually kind of, I'm not happy the fight got canceled. It was an awesome fight. It would have been incredible. I actually was still on the fence of, who to pick that was there was two fights i had not marked down there's still one that was one of them there's another one that we're gonna have to talk it out um but the russian dude the black wolf or the wolf the gray wolf whatever i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his fucking name him and was, was was gonna be a fucking banger but uh got canceled covid protocol not sure on what side so we got 14 fights now still a great card i mean there's this is a tough card listen i don't know I feel like there's a there's a confidence issue going on with me right now, boys. I don't know why. I I just feel like, um, yeah, there's just a little bit of confidence. I think just I haven't really picked underdogs all that great, so I'm really like I feel like I'm going chalky, and then if I if, if I want to go underdogs, I feel like I'm chasing. I feel like I got out of my head a little bit, and I feel like I I'm picking a pretty good card here. There are a lot of spots that I like. And there are some spots that I'm going to stay away from. There's fights that I'm just going to inter- watch them because I'm entertained. I just don't know how they're going to turn out. And I don't want to put money on That's how you should do it every weekend. I've already explained, though, that that's really not the way I roll because uh, I only bet once a week. And, uh, I only, and I only bet on MMA. So when that Saturday comes, when I get to drive to Indiana and place those bets, 
I'm firing off. All right, enough of the bullshit. Let's jump into it. Impa Kansanani. I don't know if I pronounced his last name right. I should know how to pronounce it. He's six and one. He's a minus three hundred five favorite. Big favorite versus Sasha Palaknikov. He is a plus two thirty underdog. He is nine and two. I believe six and two. I don't know. I can't read. Good fight. One seventy. Impa coming down to one seventy after getting knocked out by Hakeem Buckley. That that knockout of the year. They did win one knockout of the year. Incredible knockout. Such a pack and pack. I'm just gonna say Sasha. I'm just gonna say Sasha. He's coming off a really good win over Luis Luis Corsi Cosi the Cosi brothers. Um, looked really good doing it. Took some big shots. Gave some big shots. Wore out Cosi uh, throughout the entire fight. Was a huge underdog in that and ended up stopping in that third round. Had him stopped earlier. Uh, he he has two losses on his record. One was an ugly, uh, his pro debut was an ugly knockout loss, and then he got knocked out by Menard. Menard Lazez, who is a UFC caliber guy, Sasha Platnikov, interesting guy, born in New York or something, right? Trains out of Vegas now, but was was living in Hong Kong or China or somewhere over there for a while. The guy, it, he literally has a, a ch- the Chinese flag in his uh, typology thing here. Big underdog. So if you, listen, it's, okay to chase underdogs. Satchel Plakhanov is a really good striker. I think his power is good. I think uh, he takes shots okay. I don't know how well he takes shots from like a big, big hitter. Impa is just athletic. He looks so fucking good. He looks so shredded. Um, He just looks phenomenal is what he does. And coming down to 170, usually I don't like guys cut weight. I think he's young enough and in shape. They were saying that he was cutting weight every week for 185 just to get used to it. Like he does something different. He he believed he's from North Carolina. He left North Carolina. He's now at Sanford MMA. He cut the weight. Everything's lined up for Impa to win here. He's an aggressive guy. He's, he's a skilled guy. Not the uh, most cleanest of striking. He had, puts a really good pressure on you. He's not going to get tired. He's not really wrestling, not really striker. He's just using his athleticness, uh, athleticism right now to win fights. Sasha only has eight fights, but I feel like he's been around for a while. He's been in the game for a little bit. He's traveled the world. He's followed over the place. I'm sure he's got a plethora of fucking kickboxing and tie fights that are on his record. Um, so at plus 230, there's some value there. I'm just going to go with Impa because I, I like him at 170. He looks shredded. You know, I know you can't go by body type, but I like the move to Sanford MMA. I think the guy's incredibly skilled. He's incredibly athletic. You know, he played football. D, I don't know if it's D1, but college football. Um, the kid, the kid is a stud. Very young in his MMA career, he's learning. Sanford MMA is is becoming a hotbed. They got some great coaches, and and besides the coaches, training partners. He's training with some of the best in the world, and uh, I'm gonna go there. That price tag is way too heavy, way too goddamn heavy for me. I'm, I'm gonna avoid it at all cost. Um, but I like this fight. This is one of the fights I, I, I kind of preempted in the beginning. I'm just gonna enjoy this fight. I don't really want to have skin in the game. I can see Sasha. Turning another big upset here. I think he's a very skilled guy. He's got good striking. He's he's pretty tough. Um, I just think input's going to be a little bit too much, too big, too strong, and he's going to push a pace. I don't see him get knocked out by Sasha. Um, it should be really good. It should be a really fun fight. But again, <clears throat> hanging back as a fan, not going to put any skin in the game. All right, next up, Dong Jun, minus one forty one favorite. He's fighting William Knights, who's a plus one eleven underdog. William Knight was supposed to get Alonzo Menafield. Menafield just won last week or two weeks ago, excuse me, um, over Charant. William Knight, this guy, built like a fucking house. Short, stocky, wide as fuck. Um, has one loss in his record to that that the Teflon guy who fights in the UFC as well. That was by knockout. 
Um, his striking is not where he wants it to be. Dong Jun Jun is a, is a pretty good striker. William Knight's the kind of guy that he's going to throw hands. He's a big, heavy-handed guy. He's going to throw hands to get to, to the ground, essentially. like He's not afraid to throw, but his technical skills on the feet aren't great. Um, he's a, just a big, powerful dude. He's a fucking bulldozer. He's going to throw punches to clinch with you to take you down. He's heavy on top. His ground and pound's really good. He looked really good against Alexa Kamara, who, to me, is a very similar guy like Dong Eun Jun. Um, Dong Eun Jun is, is an explosive guy, but he's, he's he's been trailing in fights. He was losing the Kalidas fight, and then he came back and won the third round. He had a draw with Sam Alvey. Um, I, you know, I just, in, in a fight that people thought thought he lost as well, he, he primarily is your striker. He wants to stand up on the feet. Um, William Knight's going to, I think, bum rush him and, and take him down. He's not going to play the feet game. I think uh, this guy is, is a ball of muscle, and he has shown that even though he's, he's full of muscle, that he has no cardio issues, which is very rare when a guy is as big as him. He's 205. He's got to be, I haven't looked at his height yet. Let me look at his height. I'm going to guess. I want to say like 5'7", but I know he's not 5'7". He, they, he's listed at 5'10". Nah, he, there's no way he's 5'10". Let me let, look at the weigh-ins tomorrow. Let's see what Dong Eun Jun's listed at, okay? Dong Eun Jun's listed at 6'4". So there's a, a very big height discrepancy. So he's going to look massive at the weigh-ins anyway. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> and William Knight's 5'7", 5'8". Maybe 5'9 with boots on. 5'10", no. Any guy that says they're 5'10", they're always 5'9". No one ever goes and is, is like, I'm 5'10", 5'11". No one says that. If you're 5'11", you say you're six foot. If you're 5'8", you say you're 5'10". Everyone's 5'10". My dad was, real dad, was 5'7"-ish, 5'8", maybe with shoes on. He'd tell people he's 5'9". 5'10", sometimes he'd get away for that. He was every bit 5'7". So I feel like that's a little William Knight there, in my opinion. But that could work for an advantage when he gets the under... Uh, Gets underneath the legs, wants to take him down. Dung Jun does not impress me in the least, but he is powerful. William Knight does have that knockout on his record, uh, knockout loss on his record. Um, but if it gets to the ground, I think this is going to be a problem. Dung Jun has, has proven to have not really cardio issues, but I don't know if he's really there in the third round. I think William Knight gets on the ground, lays on top of him, and, and throws those big fucking punches and really outpositions him. Um, he's proven to be a problem on the ground when he's on top. You know, he's he's heavy on top. Uh, at plus 111, you're giving me plus money. I'm good to take it. I'm taking William Knight here. Um, we're going to do the pop, prop show on Friday, so I don't know if I'm going to take any props in this fight. I think if there's going to be a prop, it's going to be a late finish by William Knight. I don't see a quick finish and or decision win. Um, but William Knight, I think, is just going to take him down, just Beast him up, just muscle him up, take him down and fuck him up. Uh, Dong Yoon Jun is dangerous on the feet, but I don't know if he's like, like he he has a lot of knockouts on his record. He has a, he's an impressive record, thirteen two and one. Does have some knockouts in the UFC, but I don't know if he's like a one touch guy. And I really think William Knight's gonna be a little smart in there. He seems to be in shape, and uh, you know he's supposed to fight Menafield, and, and and I like this matchup for him, and I like that they're giving me plus one eleven numbers. Keep giving me plus numbers on William Knight, and I'll take it back. Okay, I'll take it, babe. Louis Saldana, minus one forty three versus Jordan Griffin. He is a plus one fifteen underdog. This fight, fucking man. So I went back and watched Louis Saldana fight Vince Murdoch, Vinny Murdoch on the uh, Contender Series, and you know he looked pretty good, right? Vince Murdoch, alpha male guy, was signed to the UFC before the Contenders, and then had like a had had brain surgery. So then he they they put him through the Contenders. Decent fighter. Um, you know, 
Sadan had kept him at range and, and, and kept him long, kept him with his kicks uh, and punches and, and really just, just fucked up uh, Vince Murdoch's legs, body, whatever. His kicks were, were beautiful. Jordan Griffin, this guy's fought everybody. He's been around. He's got some good fucking wins. This fight reminds me a lot of Jordan Griffin's last fight. He fought Uzi Salah. Salah is a flashy striker like Zaldana. Maybe a little too flashy. He's a little young in the game, uh, Zalal is. But Jordan Griffin just went to grapple. And then it became a grappling match. And Zalal end up out grappling Griffin. Griffin wants to get the fight to the ground. He wants to try to choke you out. I see him wanting to do that with Zaldana. Zaldana knows that. He trains with a good camp. He's elusive. He has good footwork. Um, I see people liking Griffin as the underdog here. I just don't know how he gets a gun done. This was a fight that really bothered me because I've, I've seen Jordan Griffin fight. I went back and watched his fights. You look at Aldana here. You know, he got knocked out by Mike, uh, Mike Santiago. His last loss was back in 2017 to Alex Wiggs Jr., whoever the fuck that is. He's got some ugly losses. He's got, you know, uh, a rear naked choke loss, which is Jordan Griffin's move. That was back in 2015. Uh, another rear looking choke back in 2012. Obviously, these are a million years ago, so he, he's obviously could have gotten better. He's got a rear naked choke on his record. He's fought some good guys. He's fought some buns, but he's fought some good guys. Alex Wiggs Jr., let's see what happened to him. Four and three. So that's a that's a really ugly loss that he have recently. It was a decision loss back in 2017. Um, his record seems kind of up and down to me, which tells me he might be an up and down fighter. Um, the quality of competition is just not really there. Jordan Griffin is fighting the better competition, but... I just don't, how is he going to win? I don't like his skills. He's tough as nails. He's got a good chin. His stand-up, I think, is, is below average. And I think his wrestling is not great. I think he's pretty talented on the ground. I think he can get a submission. I think he can get a rear naked choke. But I don't know if I'm really, really risking that because Saldana looked good. He throws really nice calf kicks and he can chop Jordan Griffin down and really slow down that that forward pressure. Griffin is is aggressive. <sighs> This might be an unbettable fight. I, by the way, I'm going to hammer William Knight if, if I didn't mention that at plus 111. Um, I think that that's going to creep up to maybe even money, but still good value. But Louis Sedona, minus 143. I'm actually a little surprised he's the favorite here because Jordan Griffin has a little more experience and more experience than you see and, and definitely has fought the better competition. I'm going to go Saldana. I'm going to go Saldana here. Um, I just think his kicks are going to make the difference. And, you know, Jordan Griffin isn't like this high-class fucking NCAA, you know, double two-time champion wrestler. Like, he's a good grappler, but he's not like this crazy guy where you can't kick against or he's going to catch a kick and take it down. I mean, he might be able to do that, but Saldana th- threw some really good kicks against Vince Murdoch. Um, this could be a good fight, though. I, I really don't know. Jordan Griffin always is in these close fights. Uh, you know, he pushes a pace and he's tough as fuck and he's durable and, he, and he's going to get in your face. He's not going to finish you unless he, he, you give him his back because uh, he does have a good rear choke. But yeah, I'm going to go Sedona here. I'm not confident. My confident level on this fight is about a four. Okay, let's put it that way. All right, Jack Sure, minus 155. He is fighting Hunter Azur, plus 124. Love this fight. Battle of the Grapplers. So Hunter Azur, only blemish in his UFC career and his. Career in general was he got knocked out by Brian Kellenher. He or was that Brian Kellenher or is that Cody Stamen? Oh god damn it, Brian. You just you just watched the for Kellenher. Okay, yeah. So he decided he wanted to box with Kellenher. Kellenher knocked him out. Um he was afraid to shoot because of the guillotine. You know, oh, that makes sense. He rebounded his last time out. Jack Shore, undefeated. Shore, excuse me. Jack Shore. Undefeated. Comes from Wales. The pride of Wales. Jack Tank Shore. Um, this guy is very active on the ground. A lot of submissions on his record. Um, his jiu-jitsu is great. 
problem is, is when you get these guys, like Chris Fishgold is a perfect example. Jack Schwartz better than Chris Fishgold. But Chris Fishgold was a guy who had a, he was from England who had a lot of submissions on his record, and he comes over and he just, just can't do it against elite American wrestlers. Hunter Zur is a very good wrestler. Take that with what you will. But Jack Shore, before he came to the UFC, was fighting some good people in Cage Warriors, beating everybody. Obviously, he's undefeated. He's got the undefeated record. Debuting against Nolan Hernandez, Renee Choke, Aaron Phillips, Renee Choke. Um, all later in the fight, he knows how to work. Um, he's an awkward guy to fight. I think his grappling is is better than Azur, but Azur, you know, I I think wrestling is is the best base for a man, and Azur is a really good wrestler. So Azur did not want to wrestle with Brian Kellner because he was afraid of the guillotine, right? Um, essentially, that's the only reason he stood up with him. Jack Shore is lights out on the ground. Jack Shore has more than a rear naked choke. He has a lot of finishes by submission. He's he's really, really good. He obviously knows who he's fighting. He knows what kind of fight Azur is going to bring. Azur is going to want to maybe keep this in a fight, uh, keep this fight standing. I don't know if Jack Shore can take down Azur. Maybe he can. Maybe he can backpack him, take him down. That's the only issue I see here. Jack Shore's stand up is, is coming along. It's nice. It's um, not like world class right now, but it is nice. It's, it, it's nice for a guy who's grappling based a lot of people are high in jack shore uh people in england really like this guy they're talking him up um i like him too i think he, i've i've seen what i've seen and, and i've liked it hunter fought maybe a little bit better competition jack shore hasn't fought the best so far but i think he's really good he's finished those fights is what you're supposed to do um and i think hunter is going to keep this to the on the feet i think jack shore is gonna have some answers for that and i think if it does get to the ground which eventually it will have to because uh, Hunter Reserve, if he gets tagged, he's going to resort to wrestling. And, and then Jack Shore is going to push the pace and try to get him to the ground. I'm going Jack Shore here. Minus 155. Fairly low price for a guy that a lot of people like. This is a fight that I'm, I'm looking to bet here. Um, if I was a parlay guy, which I'm not anymore, RIP Slimeball Parlay, I maybe would add this to like a small little parlay there. Because I, I am fairly confident that Jack Shore is a superior fighter here. And uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents, guys. Okay, Jorgen Castro, six and two. He's a minus two seventy eight favorite versus. Well, how do you pronounce this guy? Yardis Dario, five and one and one plus two fifteen. I have no idea how this guy's in the UFC anymore. I I looked up his record and I go, how come I don't remember this guy? Right? I'm like, how, like, how come I don't remember him? I'm looking at, I'm looking. You know, he's had two fights in the UFC. He had a draw, um, decision majority draw, and then he had lost to two guys I've never heard of. Like, right? I remember Christian Colombo and then Daniel Amalekshek or whatever. I'm like, who were these guys, right? And I'm looking through and I'm looking through the footage. Like, I go back and look at this footage. This guy hasn't fought in five years. This guy hasn't fought in five years. 2016, uh, September 2016 against Christian Colombo. He had a draw. And, you know, he was booked a bunch of times. Greg Hardy at one point, Taito Avasa. Now he's getting Jorgen. Uh, five years off is a lot, and you know, and, and and this guy could could have went out and been like, you know what, I'm just getting better, guys. I'm fucking hitting the mat. I got mat time now. I don't think so. This guy's 37, five years off. That's a disaster. Jorgen Castro has has really fallen flat his last two times out. Called for the Greg Hardy fight, got dominated. Uh, the Carlos Felipe fight got embarrassed, was talk, walked down and talked shit to the whole time. This guy is, is knockout power, but he's almost like the Tyron Woodley where he wants to just back up, back up, back up. You know what I mean? I, he's got to go after this guy. He's got to put him out. He's got to make a statement. If this guy wants to be in the UFC, 
Jorgen and Castro did this. Both these guys. If if Jorgen loses this fight, he's cut, right? Um, I think he needs to kick this guy in the leg. I think he needs to fucking punch this guy in the face. The most simple thing, but really, Jorgen is a, is a smaller heavyweight that is quick. He's got good kicks off the contender series. I really liked his kicks. Hasn't really used that much. He knocked out Justin Taffa because Justin Taffa basically just sprinted after him. I don't see that happen, but he does have power. He can separate you from your consciousness. I like Jorgen. I hate the line. And uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just hate it. And this is my last shot on Jorgen and Castro. I don't think I'll ever pick him or bet him if he loses his fight. And I think he'll be out of the UFC if he loses his fight. That's that's my two cents. All right, John McDessie fight. I'm really looking forward to. John McDessie is uh, plus one fifty eight versus Anasio Bahamundes, who's eleven and three. Bahamundes minus two hundred favorite. So here's my dilemma. Right here's where my confidence comes in. So I watched every single Anasio fight I could find, right? And I think I, I got all of them. He has 14 fights. I watched even like, I believe I watched a couple of his kickboxing fights. Obviously, I rewatched his contender series fight. This guy, everyone that trains with him, you know, I believe he's he trains at Rufus sometimes. He also has another camp. I can't remember what it was. But everyone that trains with him raves about him. They say this guy is fucking the real deal. This dude's legit. Um. I watch him fight. I see it. His countering is really good. He's long, right? He fought in the contenders at 170. This is at 155, which is his right weight class. He fought a guy, Edmund Gomez, who, or Edson Gomez, or Edmund Gomez, who weighed in 174, little short, pudgy guy, who threw, had bricks for hands, right? Uh, not the most cleanest guy in the world, but he had a lot of knockouts on his record, and Inacio took those shots. I didn't like that he got hit, but he took those shots and he took them well. His kicks are fantastic. His front kick, that's how he knocked out Gomez. His body kicks, his leg kicks, his countering with his long limbs are, are fantastic. John Modesti, the old vet. This guy is a striker, pure and pure karate-based striker. Faraz Zahabi, I think he might have even left Faraz. But Faraz trained um, a lot of people. This is the confidence issue I'm having. I, so I've watched everything Ignacio has put out, and I don't understand why anybody that I respect is picking Modesti. But there are in that confuses me right i used to look at this as like a fucking challenge like oh i'm gonna be better than this guy but i've been a little cold this year okay first one to admit it and i've been a little off <laughs> historically on guys i'm high on i like ignacio i he's got a fucking awesome name awesome style i thought he did great in the contender series he's looked great outside the contender series he's with good camps he's with good people people that train with him rave about him and McDessie, who really hasn't really won a, like a, a, a fight, like I mean, what what's the last significant fight John McDessie won? Right, he's not the most active guy. He's coming off a loss over Trinado by decision, right? Then he's got three wins in a row dating back to 2017, right? I remember the Donald Cerrone fucking broke his dog, knocked him out. Madero's beat him. Lana Venata knocked him out in round one. Then he beat Abel Trujillo, who's in jail, piece of shit. Ross Pearson, end of the road, and then Jesus Pajejo. All by decision. And then for uh, Francisco Trinado back in 2020, back March, a year ago, uh, after a year off, right? He fights about once a year, it looks like, at this point, because he's getting a little older. 35 years old, a little bit of a size discrepancy. He's 5'6", and Osseo's probably like, what, 6'10"? No, I mean, he's tall, though. What is he, 6'3"? Yeah, so he's a, he's a bigger guy for the weight class. So my pause here is I want to hammer Anasio. But there's people out there, there's cappers I respect that are that are that have already placed bets on McDessie. And Send oh, geez, sorry, my fat finger hit that. It's not a send him home. 
It is my mortal lock, though. I'm going to Nacio Bahamendez. I just think this guy's better everywhere. I think this is going to be out on the feet. I think Ignacio is aggressive. I think Modesti does not like when people are aggressive. He has dealt with long guys poorly. Yance Medeiros, Donald Cerrone. Um, and uh, I think I think Ignacio is going to come at him. And Modesti is, is more of a point fighter, has some pretty good kicks, moves pretty well in there. But I think Ignacio is just going to be too much for him, a bull, just going after that. He's going to be motivated. And uh, I see him maybe even getting a finish here. McDessie is, is, is pretty lights out. Doesn't get finished much. Um, but I, I, I really see um, Andasio putting, putting a hurting on him, whether it's a cut, submit, not a submission, a cut, uh, TKO, or, 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 or knockout. I see McDessie losing this. I want to know what the prop is. Um, I doubt they're out right now. Let me – no, I'm not going to check. We got a prop show on Friday, baby. Uh, however – I'm I'm all over Nasu. It's my mortal lock. Minus two hundred. It's a little high. Um, uh, uh, obviously Vegas sees value the same value I see, but yeah, I mean I can't I can't go against it. I'm I'm gonna go Nasu. I've been feeling that all week. All right, next up, Norma Dumont, who is five and one. She's fighting Aaron Blanchfield, who's six and one. Dumont is a minus two fifty favorite. Blanchfield is a plus one ninety five underdog. Shocking, 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 shocking. I feel like I've been giving that all chalk. And you know what we need. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. And I'm taking Aaron Blanchfield as my underdog lock in the night. <clears throat> Her only loss isn't a loss. It's the, Aaron, it's the Tracy Cortez, which I don't know how she lost that. She won the fight. Very talented girl, up-and-coming girl, bright prospect. Norma Dumont got knocked out by Megan Anderson. I know that's at 145. She won her last UFC fight, blah, 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 blah. She is not very talented. And being a minus 250 favorite, I think, is an insult. Aaron Blanchard, I know, coming in, not a lot of people know her, but I think she's incredibly skilled. I didn't know much about her, and then a lot of people were tweeting about her when this fight got booked, and then I went back and... Looked at Instagram, looked at her fights, watched the Tracy Cortez fight, and I couldn't believe. I had to check the numbers on two different sites. I went to Fandle. She was a plus 210 on Fandle. I got my numbers from DraftKings yesterday, plus 195 on DraftKings. Shocked about that. I'm locking her up. I wish I could bet it right now. I can't. I am going Friday instead of Saturday because the card's early on Saturday, but Aaron Blanchfield, lock it up. Underdog lock, straight wager. I'm looking a unit or two. I'm looking to double up, baby. Um, I love that pick. Listen, Norman DeMont has not deserved 250 status being one-on-one in the UFC. Absolutely not. And I'm glad Vegas is sleeping on Blanchfield because I think this girl's going to come out there and I think she's going to win everywhere. It, listen, if she goes out there and dominates, I'd be a little surprised because she is 23-22. I see her going out there and just putting a pace on DeMont and just being better everywhere, being better on the feet, being better on the ground. So, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that fight because I'm 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 all in on Aaron Blanchfield. All right, next up, Scott Holtzman, hot sauce, hot sauce, baby, plus plus one seventy. He's fighting, uh, God, this guy's name, Matus Gamont, right? Seventeen and one. Only loss was to Gramam. Last time out, minus two fifteen favorite for Gamont. This guy was all the rage coming into the UFC. Um, I heard a lot about him on the international scene, which I don't keep up with all that much. I I, I usually will hear a name. And they're like, this guy's really good. And then I go figure out if he's good or not. Fighting out of Poland. He has a wrestling style. He for, he fought um who <clears throat> uh Garam uh fucking what's his face? Rat, rat no, rat lip. What's the guy? Why why can't the COVID boy? Why can't uh, 
Chumayev. Chumayev's boy. Uh, lost a split decision. A lot of people thought maybe he won that fight. Um, you know, I, I, it was a very close fight. It was back and forth. Garam's a tough dude, but Gramont, it, it was a very high-paced fight at one fight of the night. It, it was entertaining. Scott Holtzman, very good striker, has dealt poorly with grapplers in the past. I see Gramont coming out here and just really leaning on Holtzman and not wanting to exchange much because Holtzman does have some power. He's a durable, tough dude. Um I say this every time. You got to imagine if you're Scott Holson, all you're doing is training wrestling. But you might be so far behind that it might not matter at this point. But Gamrot is a guy that's going to come out. He's going to get you in your face. He's going to get you down. I think Holtzman's going to get up a few times and wear himself out. And the Gamrot's going to eventually take over. This could be a finish here. Um, I like Gamrot at minus 215. I know that's a chalky play. I knew he'd be the favorite. I wish I could take Hot Sauce Holtzman so I can scream, Hot Sauce! All over the house once he wins at plus 170. I just can't do it. I think Gamrot is a better fighter right now. Um, and I just think he's going to out-grapple Holtzman. And then if Holtzman really wants a shot on, on this, he's got to go out there aggressive as fuck and just try to take this dude's head off. Because Gamrot will stand with him for a little bit. He'll play around on the feet, right? He's not in-depth on the feet. He's not, like, lost on the feet. He'll play around them. Holtzman does have power, but I don't know if he has, like, this crazy power, like, you know, to put him out that early. He might. But if I was Holtzman, you got to go for it. You know this guy's diving at your legs. You know this guy's a crotch sniffer. You know he's fucking going for you. You got to fucking take this guy out first minute of that first round. That's what your mentality has got to be. I don't know if he has that in him, though. I'm going to go game out at minus 215. This is, a, this is a fight that I might look in the bet. It's a fight I might like, you know, if, if, if I did parlays, I might like this. And Jack Shore, I think that's, that's going to give you a pretty good plus number, you know. Two favorites, nothing crazy. Minus 215, minus 155. You're going to get a plus number, but I'm a straight wager guy now, okay? Okay, check the tapes. Check the tapes. Straight wager guy now. All right, next up, Jim Miller versus Joe Selecki. Jim Miller is a plus one, oh, excuse me, yeah, plus 185. Joe Selecki is a minus 235. Joe Selecki. I like this kid. Fighting on a woman to North Carolina, my second favorite city in the entire world. Joe Selecki. I um, wasn't impressed, and I've said that on the, on the contender series. He beat James Wallace by guillotine choke in the first round. For whatever reason, I'm like, eh. That's, you know, whatever. I'm not crazy about that. Good win. Who's James Wallace, right? Got the contract, fought Matt Wyman, who, again, trains with animals in the woods. Like, who cares? He almost killed Matt Wyman. He felt bad for Matt Wyman, right? He didn't, he didn't want to murder him. And then Austin Hubbard, who's a fucking tough dude. Austin Hubbard's tough to get out of there. And he rear naked and choked him the first round. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So I'm late on this guy. He's really good on the ground. His, his stand-up is coming a long way. He's uh um he's got two losses, one by decision, one by knockout. Nicholas Moda is a solid prospect. So that knockout isn't the the ugliest thing in the world. You know, Nicholas Moda's 12 and 3. I believe this guy. Yeah, he won on the contender series. And he's an he's a UFC fighter. That's what I that's what I thought. Okay. Um yeah, one of the contender series is is booked for the UFC. So his two losses, one of them by a UFC fighter. Um with a knockout when he got caught, whatever. Just lucky again as a ground guy, Jim Miller. Jim Miller's gonna turn this into a dog fight. Jim Miller doesn't leave the octagon unless it's a motherfucking dog fight. Ruff, ruff. However, I think Selecki's just gonna be too smart, too athletic, too young. I think uh Jim Miller is staying active, which I love. He's a Hall of Famer. He's lights out on the ground. Selecki has to be careful on the ground with Jim Miller. I think Jim Miller Kind of got bullied around last time they were on the ground, though. But last time he fought, he, he got put on his back by Vince Pichel and just couldn't do anything. Before that, he armed by Roosevelt Roberts, which 
Turns out not to be that great of a win because Roberts has, has kind of faded off a little bit, has some ugly losses now. But Jim Miller on the Vince Pichel fight was, was dangerous off his back. He was trying things. He just couldn't really do it. Joe Selecki, this might be a proven ground for him. Like, hey, I'm, I'm a ground fighter. He's a ground fighter. Jim Miller, though, might not be the guy that you really want to test your black belt if he is a black belt. What? Jim Miller is, is, is a dog in there. He can take your neck, take your arm. He's, he, he's dangerous everywhere. If I was Joe Selecki, I'd, I'd stand on the feet a little bit. I, I, I'd work uh, Miller on the feet. I think Miller's boxing has plateaued. I think he's very hittable. Uh, and uh, if I was Selecki, kick the legs, kick the body, box him up a little bit, then, and then eventually take him to the ground where your bread and butter is. Um, don't rush the takedowns because, again, Miller, I know he's an old dog. He's got Lyme disease, all that shit. He says every time he fucking wins. But... Selecki's got to be smart here, but I like him. I don't know if I like him at that number, though. Minus 235, I think, is a little high. I understand it. Jim Miller looked a little old as last time. Last time out, Vince Michelle isn't this, this fucking world beater, but he is, isn't like a bum either. I mean, it was a competitive fight in the sense that Miller was active off his back, but just Vince Michelle from hell. It's just, yeah, he's just, he's fucking, he's crazy. Um, so I don't know if I like minus 235, but I do like Joe Selecki in this fight. All right, next up, Mike Perry. Kick it on the main card here. Mike Platinum Perry, plus 140 versus Daniel Rodriguez, D-Rod. This is East Coast versus West Coast. This is Biggie Tupac. No one's talking about. Mike Perry from Florida. Daniel Rodriguez from California. NorCal, baby. This is fucking Biggie Tupac. Um, You guys know, if, you listen, if you've been listening for a while, I'm not a Mike Perry fan, okay? I, I text Tim today. Tim likes Mike Perry. I said, Mike Perry's going to die. He's a bum. The, the the truth is, right? And we all got to be honest on ourselves in this world. We all can't hold grudges and blah, blah, blah. Truth is, Mike Perry is an incredible value at plus 140, right? His last time out, he didn't even try to make weight. I think he's going to be on weight. He's an emotional guy. He's in Florida again. He's not. Tra- I think he's training with his dad and a couple other training partners. He's not in the middle of Texas with his fiance, wife, whoever he, he gave birth with and training with like two brothers. I think he's going to come on weight. I think he's going to come a little focused here. And the thing about Mike Perry, though, is is as much as I, I dislike him, I'll never take away the fact that this dude's a fighter. Like he's he's nails. Like he he's fucking nails. Like this guy, you can't you can't rock him, right? Well, you can rock him. He's been knocked out, but his chin's from hell. He's got power. His grappling's come a long way. He doesn't get tired. His cardio is fantastic. The only time you saw him get tired against Luke a little bit is because his fucking nose was smashed in, right? Um, this is a guy who just has it. Like he, 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 you, you can take one look at Mike Perry and just know this guy was getting up as a fighter, right? You just, you can tell Daniel Rodriguez is a guy who I was high on and I still am really good. Jiu-Jitsu cardio is a problem. His striking. I think he has a really good, he has a couple good straight punches, but he is very hittable. He got put down in his fight, uh, two fights ago and he came back and won. His last fight out against Nicholas Darby, he fought scared. I thought he won the fight. Darby got the decision, so what does it matter? Um, but I thought he fought a little timid. With Mike, Mike Perry, Mike Perry's been more of a grappler lately. Mike, uh, Mike has really turned the grappling on, and, and his boxing has been a problem. I remember he t- him tweeting out, I need to get back to my roots. I need to get back to boxing. Well, Daniel Rodriguez is going to be the guy you can prove that against. Rodriguez isn't going anywhere. Rodriguez isn't going to be shooting on you. Um, I see Mike Perry being the one that that shoots on Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez takedown offense is decent, and I think he's got some good chokes. He really impressed me in the Tim Means fight, taking down a short notice. He's a big 170. Mike Perry's pretty cock diesel, but he's not the biggest 170 in the world. Um, again, the value is on Perry at plus 140. 
but I'm not a value shopper, okay? I'm a Whole Foods shopper. I'm going D-Rod. I'm going Daniel Rodriguez here. I just think, I see this fight being bloody. I see Daniel Rodriguez just being a step ahead on the feet. I'm really curious to see how the grappling exchanges work out because Mike Perry dominated Mickey Gall on the ground. And uh, Mike Perry, I don't think he's going to go like to submit you, but he's positionally and strength-wise, he's really, really good. He's got good takedowns as well. He's incredibly strong in there. Daniel Rodriguez, we haven't really seen a lot of that. Um, and, and I want to see if the Mike Perry is, is going to be a grappler, if he's going to come out and want to stay and bang. If he stands and bangs, I think I think Rodriguez is, is a little bit longer, a little bit cleaner with his punches. I think he's going to be able to get, uh, get to Perry first. Um, it's going to be a fun fucking fight regardless. It's going to be a fun-ass fight. East Coast versus West Coast. I'm going to go Daniel Rodriguez. But like I said, I think the value is on Perry at that number. I, I I think this fight should be way closer in the lines. I know Perry's lost three or four. We don't know where his head's at. He's breaking doors with his face. You know, he's got glass all over his hands and shit. Just had a kid. Uh, some people might throw the word around unstable. Sure. Um, but I, I, I like Daniel Rodriguez in this fight. I like the number two. I, I wish it would be a little lower though. I, I don't like how high it is. I think this fight should be a little bit closer in the number wise, but again, Perry's just got a lot going on. So I can see why Vegas might be fading a little bit there. All right. Next up, Nina answer off or Nina Nunez. I just found out her real name is Nina Nunez. Mena Nunez's wife. She is fighting Mackenzie Dern. This is a straight pick them. However, uh, I do believe Mackenzie Dern is now on the plus. I have it written down 125. Nina, Nina answer off minus 125. Mackenzie Dern, a plus 100. And boys. Send them home. Send them home early. Yeah. I'm going Mackenzie Dern by submission here. That's a prop I'm betting. Nina Ansaroff is a black bone on the ground. She's lights out on the ground. Whoa, whoa, she's not lights out on the ground. She's very good on the ground. Mackenzie Dern, stand-up, look, is looking better. She's working with Perillo. Her strength and conditioning is looking good. If you will follow her on Instagram, she looks in incredible shape. The big knock on Dern early in her career was she missed weight, right? She had to go up to 125. She didn't take it seriously because she was naturally skilled in jiu-jitsu. Now she's taking it seriously. Her weight's low. Working with Perillo, working with the strength and conditioning coach. I said back when Dern got fucked up by Hebos, I said, this girl needs to wrestle, right? I know a lot of jujitsu girls and practitioners don't love the wrestle because it's there's that competition wrestling versus jujitsu, which is better. Like, fuck it. You're an, you're a mixed martial artist. Combine both of them. Um, hopefully she's working on wrestling. Her wrestling takedown offense, I think she's hit like one out of ten in her last whatever attempts. Doesn't matter because I think Mackenzie Dern, if she flops her back, she pulls guard. I think Nina's got a lot to prove. I think Nina's going to go into her guard. Nina's very underrated. Not a lot of people, you know, see her as this, this threat. She's got some ugly losses early in her career. Her record's not great. But as of late, since she's been with Amanda, with American Top Team, she's literally with the best female fighter of all time. She's seeing her chain. She's her partner or wife or whatever you want to call it. Wife. What do you mean partner? Wife, Brian. It's 2021. <laughs> What am I, I like said it like it's not a thing. She's a wife. She sees her fucking wife training her ass off, and that has motivated her. She just had a kid coming back from a kid. I don't know, maybe a year ago she got pregnant. I'm not really sure of the timeline on that. Mackenzie Dern came back from the kid. She knows how to do it. Mackenzie Dern coming back from the kid actually lost, I believe. That was the he boss fight. Um, listen, I see a lot of people steaming Nina answer off here. They like her, she's better on the feet. Technically, and and she's really good on the ground. A lot of people don't think Mackenzie Dern can catch her. I do. I think Mackenzie Dern is strong. I think she hits hard. I think she's tough. Um, I see the stand up being fairly even, and I see this going to the ground. I see 
if Mackenzie Dern goes to the ground with anybody, I think it's just a different level black belt. That's just a different level black belt right there. Uh, no doubt about it. All right, next up, Sam Alvey versus Julian Marquez. I said Julian. Julian Marquez. Sam Alvey, a plus 155. Julian Marquez, minus 200. This is the fight. So this fight and the Dawkins fight, I didn't have written out. Dawkins fight got canceled. So now I'm on this fight. This is my fucking bugaboo. This is the one that's crazy to me. So Julian Marquez is an animal, right? The guy goes for, he's a big guy, good chin, uh, good submissions, right? Knocks out, you know, has, has a few knockouts on his record over, over really tough guys. Knocked out Matt Hamill, knocked out Cameron Quinn, knocked out Phil Hawes, you know, had a war with Darian Stewart where he won by front choke, had a weird loss to the Chico and then fought Mackie Batola where he didn't get knocked out. It was more of a grappling match and he choked him out last minute, which a fight that he was losing. Then you got fucking smiling Sam Alvey, right? This guy coming back down to um, 185. He was at 205 for a while. This guy's all left hand, right? He's coming off a draw to Dong Jong-un, uh, which I think he won that fight. Ryan Spann, that could have been a 10-8 round. He got hurt and battled back against Spann. Um, you know, the Kilson and Brew fight was an ugly fight. Jimmy Crute was, you know, got put away, and then and then Little Nog put him away as well. He's on a four-fight losing streak, almost a five-fight because he had a draw with uh, uh, with Dong Eun-jun. This guy's fighting for his job, right? He's he's in shape now because he's not at 205. He's going back to 185. I think the power translates better at 185 than it does at um, does at 205. Julian Marquez though is hittable. He like he 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 takes one to give one, right? He has good power. His cardio is proven to be all right. He's getting back in there quick. He's battled with some injuries. Sam Alvey fights the same way every time, right? He's, he's pretty hard to take down. He's got some decent takedown offense. Um, but his back's against that cage, and he's countering, right? And I think Marquez knows that. Oh, this is so fucking tough. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey is an underdog. We're a dog here. Dog the bounty hunter. We're chasing dogs. I, you know, I, I don't like the line on Marquez. I don't like it minus two hundred. I think I think if he walks into a left hand with Alvy, it could be night night. He could be he could get caught. That's what it is. Alvy's fighting for his job. The guy's got five kids, right? His wife is his head coach. Four losses in a row, almost five. You're fighting for your job. You got five kids. You're cutting the twenty pounds to get to one eighty five, which I know he doesn't want to do. You're fighting a guy who. Um, is is the, the more marketable guy just because he had the Miley Cyrus thing. You got to be pissed off. Sam Alvey has risen to the occasion before on situations like this. He has knocked people out being the underdog. I'm riding with that momentum. I'm going Sam Alvey. I'm going to bet it. I might regret it. Who gives a fuck? Let's go. Sam Alvey for the dub. All right, co-main event. Love this fight. Aaron Allen, 16-1. That's an impressive record. Plus 113 versus Sadiq Yusuf. My guy. Minus 141. Okay, so you guys heard my guy. I'm picking Sadiq. Obviously, I don't back. I don't pick against my guys. This is a fight that I've been wanting Arn Allen to take for a while. This is a guy, when you think of everyone wants the next big thing from Canada, right? Everyone wants the next big thing from Brazil, right? And everyone has to, all these countries who are, who are known to produce fighters, like Canada, they got GSP, England, they got a bunch of people, you know, Till's up there, but, but Bisbing, obviously, Brazil, Josiato, all the Nog Bros, everybody, right? Then you get, then you look at London, you look at England, and, and you look at the UK in general, and they have some amazing fighters coming out of there, and they, they lack certain things, right? Usually wrestling. R. Allen doesn't lack that. He doesn't lack wrestling. He doesn't lack cardio. This guy fucking goes. His only loss is a Marcin Rosniak back in 2014 by decision. Marcin is a guy who 
can't really look good against. You know what I mean? He's he, you know he's not like this world beater, um, but you can't look good. You can't look good against him. You know what I mean? He fought on the contender series. Law, or excuse me, the Ultimate Fighter won, but he also lost as well. Um, yeah, this yeah, it's not a great loss. Actually, you know what? I, I'm going to become clean. I actually thought that was someone completely different. I thought it was another machine uh, that fought in the UFC who who literally just like dives at your legs and he's, he's uh, Mar- what was it? Marcin Held was that his name? Um, I'm embarrassed. I don't. I, I looked this guy up. He fought on the he fought on the the Ultimate Fighter and lost to Saul Rogers and Norman Park just recently. I'm sorry, that, that's the wrong guy. Anyway, that's Norman Park's only loss. Look at his record. He's beaten guy 8-2, 14-5. and five. This is all pre-UFC. In the UFC, Alan Omar, don't know who that is, 16-4, guillotine choke. Uh, Yasin Meza, 21-10, veteran decision. Uh, Makwan Amir Khani, split decision. Mads Burrell, front choke, losing that fight. Jordan Rinaldi, good jiu-jitsu guy, decision. Gilbert Melendez, decision, pieced up Gilbert Melendez. Nick Lentz, good wrestler, Pieced up Nick Lentz. So Arnold Allen is 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 a younger guy, 27 years old, good for this weight class. I wanted to step up in competition for a while. Now you think Sadiq Yusuf, he's only fought in the UFC a handful of times. How much of a step up a competition is? Well, I think Sadiq is is very good. That's why he's one of my guys. Uh, you know, he came to the UFC, fought Mike Davis in the contender series, one of the best contender series fights I've ever seen in my life. Mike Davis is a legit dude in the UFC fucking knocking heads. Mike Davis also a solid wrestler. Sadiq and him went to war for three rounds. Uh, an incredible, incredible performance. Then he fights Sumon Makatarian, knocked him out in round one. You know, undefeated fighter at the time, but who cares? Shane Rice, 11-2, decision. Kind of a lackluster performance. Gabriel Benitez knocked Benitez out, but he got rocked in that fight. Got dropped in the fight, got up off the canvas, and then he decisioned Andre Feely, which was a, was a fairly close fight. Sadiq Yusuf has an incredible story um, where he comes from and, and his family's in Nigeria and he's here and he didn't see his mom for a while. It's, it's a crazy story. One for me not to tell. Arnold Allen him is, is, is an amazing fight. When this was announced, I was hoping this would be co-main event. Arnold Allen, incredible record. Sadiq Yusuf, incredible record. So you look at what's going to separate these guys. Arnold Allen, striking has come along, but he's more of a grappler. He's going to want to take you down. He's going to put a pace on you. He's kind of a durable, tough dude that's going to want to mix it up. Sadiq Yusuf, pretty well-rounded, but he wants to keep the fight standing. He's got power in his fucking hands. I've seen him get wobbled before. He's been knocked out once in his career. He got slammed on his head by Luis Gomez. Got hurt a little bit by um, the guy I just mentioned. Why can't I fucking think of his name now? Gabriel Benitez. And has been wobbled before, but has looked good. His takedown offense against Mike Davis in the contender series, which is a fight that I really leaned on, looked flawless. Mike Davis is a better wrestler than Arnold Allen. Bigger than Arnold Allen as well. Arnold Allen, though, a little bit longer. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to strike a little bit. I think he's going to play the game. And then he's a smart fighter, though. He's going to want to, he's going to push Sadiq against the cage. He's going to try to get him down. Um, Sadiq is, I think, is going to take just that next step, and he's, he's going to catch him. I think he's going to catch him with something. I think this is Sadiq's fight to prove. I think leg kicks are going to be big in this fight. I think he's going to fuck up Aaron Allen's kicks. I think Sadiq is just a big, powerful guy. I think he is. I think he's really, really powerful in this division. I think a punch can put you out. I think a kick can hurt you. Um, and I think his takedown offense is great. I, his cardio held up in the contender series. His cardio held up in the Shaman Rice fight. Um, I think his cardio is, is good. Aaron Allen's cardio is, is fantastic. Um, I see Sadiq just being a step ahead. I'm going to pick Sadiq. I don't know if I'm going to pick this fight straight up because I think it's very, very close. Sadiq is my guy. I'm picking him to win. I always bet on my guys, so I might bet, and I might do a little hedge the only way I could hedge. I might bet Sadiq 
by decision. And then I might bet fight goes to the decision, right? To kind of cover my ass. Even because I don't think either guy is going to finish either guy. I think Arnold's durable enough, young enough. I think same thing with Sadiq. I think it's going to be a very competitive fight. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, main event. Marvin Vitale. Minus 335 favorite versus Kevin Holland. Big mouth's back, baby. Plus 260. All right. Right off the bat. Um, Timbo. Timbo Slice. Likes Kevin Holland at the number. Plus 260. Can't argue there. Christian, the champ. Hey, champ. He likes Mackenzie Dern, who we already picked. I meant to, I meant to bring that up when I picked her. I forgot. So we're looking at the main event. Marvin Vittori is a guy. This is supposed to be Darren Till. I'm gutted that Darren Till's not there. Broke his collarbone. Kevin Holland, great main event still. Um, he saves the day. Fought 16, 17 days ago, whatever it is. Anyway. Marmatory is just a different kind of animal in that, right? I don't think he's overly skilled, but he's good enough. But he there's an immeasurable to him when he gets in there, right? He knows how to just kind of just kind of do enough or really know how to turn it on. He's a savage. He looked fantastic against Jack Manson. He had a really close fight with Izzy early in his career. He's durable. He's got a great chin on him. Um, his power and his hands are coming along a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Um, he's working Rafael Cordero, so that's going to happen. He jack, dropped Jack Manson a bunch of times with a beautiful left hook early in that fight. His ground game is, is is increasingly getting better. He's very heavy on top. He likes to fuck you up on top. I think watching Kevin Holland fight Derek Brunson, I think it's pretty evident what you have to do. Kevin, You have to take Kevin Holland down. Kevin Holland's very good on the feet. He's tall. He's lanky. He's rangy. He's good at fucking... Want to stand up with Marvin? Marvin's going to entertain it. They're going to they're going to stand up. Marvin's fought really tall striker, lanky striker before. Allah is the Adesanya. Uh, Kevin Holland, though, I think is just unique enough, and he's powerful. He does have some power. He has some accuracy and power to his punches. And uh, Vittori can take it, though, right? Vittori can fucking take it. I'm so torn on this fight. I see a clear path to victory for Tori. I see him just being. The bigger guy, he's fucking huge, 185. Kevin Holland is, I mean, he's tall, but he's not the biggest 85er. I see him being stronger, and I see him having a a, a sure game plan to win, know how to win the fight, not to take Kevin Holland down and fuck him up. That's how you win this fight. Kevin Holland has talked this much. You know, he, he got really criticized in the Brunson fight. I think that might be playing with his head a little bit. He's told people he's wanted to take some time off. Hasn't really got the time off. He's, he's collecting paychecks right now. Um... Marvin Torrey isn't the most like prolific finisher, in my opinion. I don't think he has the biggest power in the world. He can take a good shot. This is tough. I want to rock with my guy, Timbo, because I know Timbo is going to play Holland, and I want to be on the same money as Tim. I, I don't want to be against him. I'm Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick Vittori. I'm just not going to bet the fight. It's, it's such a pussy move not to bet the main event, but Vittori being a little too high, and I think if it stays standing, I think Kevin Holland, I almost I was like Jewish there. Uh, Kevin Holland has a real shot of winning this fight because I think he is the better guy on the feet technically. Vittori, though, just has that immeasurable, that edge to him where he just doesn't just doesn't give a fuck. He's gonna want to hurt you, right? He just he has that extra gear. And his stand-up's not bad. His stand-up's very good. And I think he's really gonna mix in the grappling. He's a well-rounded fighter. And uh yeah, I see him taking him Holland down and, and really putting it to him. I think a decision is going to happen here. And if I had to bet, which I might do because it is the main event and I'm not a little fucking bitch, I think I'm going to go Vittori either by decision or late round TKO. I see him 
doing very similar to what Brunson did, but just being a little more effective and a little more like, I don't give a fuck about positions. I'm going to want to elbow your goddamn head off, right? That's what I see Vittori doing because he's crazy and crazy. Uh, I love doing my Italian accent. All right, that's it. Sick card. 14 fights. Hopefully none fall out. I know this podcast is long. I apologize. I want to talk to you. It's been a little bit. We have a crazy month of MMA. It is 8.30 at night right now. I have two hours or hour and a half to um, 1FC. I'm going to stay up for that tonight. And then uh, obviously we got what? Bellator Friday, UFC Saturday, PFL's coming back. It is fantastic to be a motherfucking MMA fan right now. Now make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate and review all that shit. MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Get those followers up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.